speed like you've never seen before. Call me crazy, but he's not going to win. What? What? This is NASCAR. This is the Behind the Wall Podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media, your source for all things NASCAR. Bringing you the weekly NASCAR news with a comedic edge and a hot side of cold takes. The Behind the Wall Podcast with your hosts, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Now, pull those belts tight and hit the gas. Behind the Wall Podcast, episode 89. I am Henry Hobbs, uh, solo dolo once again. Doesn't matter, though, because we're still going to have a good time. Lots to talk about. Um, yeah, Not really going to talk about the race because, honestly, I didn't see much of it. I listened to it on the radio, maybe watched you know, 20, 25 laps. I was stuck in at, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, not Los Angeles. I've been saying that all week at Las Vegas. I was there for a bachelor party. Got stuck. So... Uh, didn't have the, the me, I just wasn't able to watch the race. So I apologize. My you know, reaction to it is not going to be ideal, but before we jump into all the news, do want to give a shout out to our great partners at fan cards. If you're looking for a gift or debit card for your favorite college team, then you need to know about fan cards. They've got licensed gift and debit cards powered by MasterCard for over 25 of the biggest teams in college sports. Plus when you order a card and set up direct deposit, you're automatically entered to win tickets to see your team play. Set up myfancard.com to learn more. Once again, it's myfancard.com. We're getting close to college football season. It is, it is literally called My Fan Card. If you're a fan of a team, you should go online or to your uh, local store. I don't know the list off the top of my head. I know uh, they're, at, um, they're at a bunch of stores. But you, you, go, you go to the Kroger, you go to the Publix. Uh, you know, don't quote me on that. I apologize. Uh, shout out Garrett. I'm sorry. I don't know where all the stores are. But... Uh, you head out there, you grab a fa- yourself a fan card with your favorite co- favorite college team on there. You set up direct deposit, and you could be watching your favorite college team play week one. You never know. Endless opportunities. So definitely go check them out. MyFanCard.com. Once again, MyFanCard.com. All right. Back to NASCAR. We're getting to the point in the season when I mentioned it last week that you know, we, we could see these new winners start popping off wins. We, 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 we're at the point where Truex hadn't won a race. Uh, Ryan Blaney hadn't won a race. Kevin Harvick hasn't won a race. Eric Amarola hadn't won a race, and he won it. Uh, he won it at New Hampshire last year. So there's, uh, there were a bunch of drivers who could easily sneak off a win, and it just so happened this weekend that a, a, a driver that a decent amount of people overlooked Decide to, you know, just go and win one for himself, put himself in the playoffs. That man was Christopher Bell. He came into the playoffs on the cut line. He was plus 19. Or he, I'm sorry, he came into this weekend plus 19 uh, in 16th place. And for now, as of right now, he has solidified his, his uh, a spot in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, right now we're looking at Reddick 13th, Chase Briscoe 14th. Both of them have wins. Two spots left in the playoffs for drivers to point their way in as it stands right now. Ryan Blaney is there uh, plus 105. That's uh, that's a pretty sizable gap right there. Uh, it, it would take a miracle for someone to knock him off the throne unless we have two winners. Martin Trucks Jr. plus 68 in 16th now. Kevin Harvick, a driver we did not think would be outside the top 16 at all, is currently sitting in 17th. Minus 68. Eric Almarola, 129. Eric Jones, 154. Eric Jones has been flirting with a win, too. We've got another road course. We've got some tracks here he could do well at. So don't count him out. But if we hit two more new winners this year, all hell is going to break loose. It may be the first time. It is the first time in a while, you know, ever since the uh, the chase started. And uh, don't quote me on this, but oh, oh four. I think is when it started. Ever since then, there there have been drivers that have pointed their way in. You know, I, I remember a time where you know you had two, three drivers who you know might have not made it into the playoffs at the cutoff race at Richmond. That's not going to be the case this year. We get two more winners. The only way you you make you you get your way in to the playoffs is if you win a race, and the only way you confirm that you will be in the playoffs is if you win a race. So it's going to be even more chaotic once we get to Daytona for the Coca-Cola or the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And I think that's exactly what NASCAR wanted. When they put that race at Daytona, at their crown jewel, this is what they wanted. They didn't want a driver going in there plus 105 points that all they needed to do was hang it out the back and finish the race to make it into the playoffs. Now, you've got, we, we, are on pay, we could easily have 16 drivers that have made their way into the playoffs. And the only way to confirm that you are in the playoffs is if you win. Playoffs is if you win. You know, I think ideally 15 drivers in or that have won. That, that's that's the sweet spot for me. Leave that one last open spot for a driver who's 25th in points, 29th in points, to throw an absolute Hail Mary and go out there and win the race. The Bubble Wallaces the Austin Dillons, the guys who have no shot at pointing their way into the playoffs. The only way for them to get in is to circle that date at Daytona and cross your hands and uh, bow your head because the only way you're going to get there is on a prayer at Daytona. Especially when, you know, you got to be in the top 30, so you're going to have, you know, 14, 15 drivers where their only goal is to win that race because that's the only way they can get into the playoffs. And, race their or race for a chance to win a championship. You've got guys like Kevin Harvick, who are who's a previous champion, who's currently on the worst uh winless streak of his career at minus he he is he has not won a race since 2020. It's almost two years. He's 68 points out of the playoffs as it stands. That's that is unheard of. That's why the playoff system reigns supreme. Because, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't prove this. But at this point in the season, if, if things turn out how they have always turned out and uh, Chase Elliott continues to dominate, you could be three races left in the regular or the uh, play playoffs or the chase, whatever you want to call it. And you could already know who's going to win the championship just because they've had, you know, they, they dominated throughout the season. 
which yes, a champion is someone who's dominated throughout the season, but you look at other pro sports, football, you could go, you could win 16 games in a uh, regular season, go to the playoffs and lose in the Super Bowl. You're not going to be a Super Bowl champion. You've got to perform from Daytona to Phoenix. This is why I love the playoffs. You get 16 drivers. Yes, it may not be the 16 best drivers on the circuit, but week in and week out, the uh, the drivers start to fall off. You, know, you lose four, you lose eight, you lose 12, and you're left with four drivers at the end of the playoffs with one goal, and that's to win the championship. The highest finisher wins, and for you know as long as I can remember, the person who's won the race at the championship track, whether it be Phoenix or Homestead, has won the championship. So it pays to be consistent throughout. So I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to the chaos that is fixing to ensue. You know, we could easily have three different winners. And then all of a sudden, winning doesn't mean that you're in the playoffs. It's about the stage points. It's about the uh, the playoff point, or I'm sorry, the playoff points from winning a stage or winning a race. You know, the 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 announcers on TV talk about it, you know. They're not looking for stage points. They're just looking to win because winning gets you into the playoffs. But what if it doesn't? What if getting that one win does not mean that you make it into the playoffs? It was actually the two stage points you gave up because you pit before the end of the stage. You gave it up because you you wanted to position yourself to win the race, and you didn't end up winning the race, but you tried. Those two playoff points could mean a could mean a, a spot in the round of uh, the round of twelve, the round of eight. Final four. It is it this is this is gonna be the greatest last uh I don't know how many races we have left. Uh sixteen races. No, it's probably no, no way. I don't know how many races we have left. But it, it this is gonna be the most intense we've ever seen. Especially with the tracks we have the in the playoffs. Homestead, Phoenix, Darlington, Bristol, Talladega, the Roval. Texas, which sucks, but whatever. We got to deal with it. Martinsville. Kansas. A lot of those tracks are those intermediate tracks where these, this, this next-gen car reigns supreme. It's essentially made for these tracks. And it's a shame. I can't believe that I'm actually saying this because three years ago I was screaming we need to get rid of some of these intermediate tracks. But it's a shame that we have so many road courses now that we don't get to race on the intermediates as much as we once did. It's a shame because it is so much fun to watch. Anyways, we've got a handful of races left, two playoff spots on points as it stands. Once those two are filled, winning that one race doesn't mean you're in the playoffs. You got to win that second race. You got to get those stage points. So regardless, we are about to have an intense last couple of races and we're going to have the most intense cutoff race that we've ever seen. And thank God, thank the Lord above that we the final race is not at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Thank God. Because that rate that, that track sucks with NASCAR. And it really kind of sucks for IndyCar. I'm not going to get into that, but it's not an interesting track. It is historic. It is a sight to see, but it is not, it does not produce great racing, especially for NASCAR. That's another that's another argument for another day. But I am very glad that we're getting a super speedway race to finish out the regular season because that is chaos and we love chaos. 
All right. On to the next topic. It was announced uh, this weekend that Ty Dillon is not going to return to Petty GMS Racing. And last week, I talked about Silly Season starting with Tyler Reddick deciding that he's going to sign with 2311 and ditch RCR. And when I saw this, I didn't think much of it. I thought, you know, Ty Dillon has not had the best season so far. He started off at the, uh, at, at the, the Clash of the Coliseum, and he was the human bulldozer. And I thought for a, a split second that he might be the guy. He might be the, the kicking horse in the Xfinity Series who's just been waiting to get back up to the Cup Series so he can go out there and surprise everyone. Is it possible that that's truly who he is? Yes. Did I expect him to go out there and win multiple races in this petty GMS car? No. How do I feel about Ty Dillon's season so far? I could not tell you because I, do, I just, I, he's not, he has not been in the, in the, uh, the mix very often. I don't think, I, I, it surprises me that he's getting, he's getting the boot because I don't know who else they're going to put in that car unless it's Noah Gragson. But this also, I mean, it just, it's, it throws another wrench in silly season and I'm, I'm not quite sure where we're going. But I had a thought, and I don't think it's an insane thought. I think it's a terrible idea, but as a guy who enjoys the structure of a family and the loyalty of a family, what happens if Grandpa Richard signs Ty Dillon, his grandson? He puts Austin Dillon in the three car, Ty Dillon in the eight car, or 31. I don't know if he's going to keep running the eight. But he rocks and rolls with that. And look at that. He's got, he's got the family powerhouse. Are they going to be good? I don't know. Ty Dillon has never raced in a super competitive car. You put him in the eight car, is he going to, is he going to dominate like, uh, or no, I wouldn't say dominate. Is he going to perform like Tyler Reddick? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think he's got a shot. I think he's a talented driver. I mean, he's, he's, it's for him to be in the Cup Series as long as he had been, even if it was with Jermaine Racing, you have to have some kind of talent within you. So I think he deserves at least the look to be in the Cup Series. I don't know if he's the greatest driver of all. Obviously, he's not the greatest driver of all time, but I don't know if he's you know, good enough to be in an RCR seat. But they'll give it a shot. It'd be cool if he came out and just showed Austin Dillon up, but we don't know. So that's, that's where my head's at right now. That makes, I mean, honestly, it really doesn't make any sense why he's getting a boot unless it's already, you know, set in stone that Tyler is going to be taking that eight car and that Tyler Reddick's going to be out at the end of the season. You know, this really just throws a, like I said, a wrench into the plans. Does this mean that 2311 is going to expedite, expedite the process and go out there and put together that third car for Tyler Reddick? Does Tyler Reddick slide back down to the Xfinity series and race for uh, JGR for a season while they wait for 2311 to prepare that third car? I don't know. I don't know what the best idea is. Either way, I just know that this is going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be an intense silly season. I mean, we've got Eric Amarola who might actually come back for another year. What happens with Ryan Priest? Does he move into the, uh, the 15 car full-time? With uh, with uh, with Rick Ware, did, did they get the support from Stuart Haas Racing? 
I don't know. But this one decision right here and the decision of Eric Almirola to possibly come back, it's going to basically take what we've thought or the uh, the map that we had of this uh, silly season and turn it back upside down where we don't know what's going to happen. The only thing we know at this point is that it, in 2024, Tyler Reddick is going to be with 23-11 racing. That's all we know. Where does Ty, Ty Dillon go? I don't know. What does Gregson do? I don't know. Where's Reddick at next season? Does he stay with RCR? I would, I, it would surprise me if he did. Wouldn't surprise me if he did. I, I, don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know where that camp's at. But we're, we, we are fixing to jump into the craziest part of the season, and I love silly season so much. It is such a blast to watch because all the, uh, all the different drivers switching around and you know the storylines and the, 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 the moments where you just want to pull your hair out because you don't think that a driver moving to a certain spot is the right move. But it all works out in the end. I'm excited to see where it goes. Looking forward to it. And I'll tell you another thing I'm looking forward to. Today, July 19th, 2022, NASCAR decided to uh, to pay out dividends on their promise that they are going to revamp the NASCAR schedule and you know continue to innovate. They announced today that they will be heading to uh, Chicago Street Circuit in July of 2023. Basically, the worst kept secret of the last couple of weeks. They, uh, they've been talking about it. Uh, last year, they did a, uh, a pro league invitational race on the Chicago street course. They were teasing it this entire time. And I think you really would have to have a head under a rock to not realize that this was eventually going to happen. You know, and then in the group chat, the behind the wall group chat today, you know, it was the, the question was raised about road America and Chicago land, but I'll start with road America. And it still kind of baffles me because I actually, I'll start with Chicago land, Chicago land, great racing. No fans would show up though. You know, you could have the best racing on earth, but if the stands are, you know, three quarters empty, that's not a good look. So I think that's why they pulled that race away from Chicago land. And yes, I do believe that this, this current car that we have, the next gen car, uh, you know, gen seven, I think it would be great at Chicago land. I really do. But then flip the script with road America, you know, a hundred thousand, hundred thousand fans for the past two years, essentially a sold out crowd people in every single turn and a lot of hype behind the race. And NASCAR goes out there and decides that the Chicago, the streets of Chicago, downtown Chicago, has more potential than Road America, which has performed fan-wise for the past two years. So they've set the precedent that if a, if a track does not perform and there aren't fans in the stands, we will take a race away. But now it's flipped again, and it's okay. You may sell a lot of tickets, but if it's not appealing, we're taking it away. So where do other tracks? Where 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 are other tracks? Uh, where where do they stand? Atlanta, I think Atlanta's safe. You know, we've, we've seen what, the, uh, what this new layout can do, but we also saw the race and how it looked uh, last weekend. The stands were nowhere near filled. It was, it was depressing. It was ridiculous. I mean, we saw the racing in February or uh, March or whenever we saw it, and they still couldn't sell tickets. What about Richmond? 
What about Kansas? Indianapolis, which can't even sell out half the half the seats of their facility. What happens then? So it really doesn't make sense that NASCAR would take a date away from Road America, except for the fact that the racing is mid-tier. It is a mid-race. It is not exciting in the slightest. It's just another road course. Does it have the opportunity to be exciting? Yes. Do I know the uh, the secret formula to make it exciting? Hell no. But it's 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 one of those deals where NASCAR just kind of you know folds on itself. You know, they, they set the precedent that you know if essentially the racing can be bad, but if you have fans come out, then you're safe. But now it's the fans are coming out, but the racing's mid. You're not safe. Do I think that NASCAR is gonna? Is never going to come back to Road America? No. I think they'll be back one to two years. I really think that this whole NASCAR Chicago race experience is mainly the reason they pulled away from Road America is because it's in that market. They would have consolidate all those fans that were willing to drive to, uh, well, I don't even know, wherever it's at in the Midwest. They want to take all those fans who would drive out to there, bring them to Chicago for this road course race. They're, ob- they're obviously fans in the area. And it's an appealing market for NASCAR. And I think they want to reach out to the new fans. You know, we look at what F1 is, what F1 is doing with Las Vegas, with their street course out there. I was in Vegas this past weekend, and they're grading the strip, preparing for this race. And then it's just, there's, there's excitement behind it. And I don't think that Chicago is going to pull the same moves as Vegas. They don't have the money, obviously, to you know, regrade all these straights. But I think that there's an opportunity for there to be a lot of hype. Same deal with the uh, Clash of the Coliseum. We saw that you know a lot of people are spect- uh, skeptical at first. But then we saw what happened. The amount of fans in the stands and the racing that we saw. And it was, it was exciting. I was cool with it. So I'm taking the same approach to this. I don't know if the racing is going to be good. But I appreciate NASCAR for essentially reaching out and trying to capture a new target audience. You know, Chicago is such a rich city of history and sports fandom. You know, if you go there and maybe convince 10,000 uh, you know, Chicago Bull fans or just, you know, educate them that, hey, your Lord and Savior, Michael Jordan, owns a NASCAR team, I guarantee there are a, there's, a, there's an absurd amount of Bulls fans who don't realize that Michael Jordan owns a NASCAR team. You go to their market and you, you, you educate them and let them know that, hey, your, your Lord and Savior owns an NASCAR team, they may become fans. This could equate to a bunch of new fans. So I definitely, I, I don't love the idea, but I appreciate NASCAR for reaching out because I, you got to continue to innovate or you become stagnant. And if you become stagnant, then you regress. You need, you need progress. You need, to, uh, you need to continue to up the game and, and uh, you know, move up the ladder. Increase fans because if you get complacent and you become stagnant, you're done. So props to Ben Kennedy. Obviously, your Facebook warrior NASCAR fans are not going to be very excited about it because it's it's different. They're going to be screaming, "Yeah, we've got a we've got a perfectly good track in uh, Juliet." Yeah, we do. The racing was great when we left, but you know, all ten fans in the stands. It, obviously, if if the racing's good, they're still not going to come. So why even try? 
if the people of the Midwest want another race at Chicago Lane, I say you got stage a protest and you get a hundred thousand people to go out there and you sit in the stands. You break into the track and you sit in the stands and maybe, just maybe, you'll convince NASCAR to come back. But with how uh, with how attendance was before, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Will Chicago uh, Chicago Street Race be a thing of the, or will it, will it continue to be a thing every single year? I don't know. I think this is a big test year. You look at what happened with the LA Coliseum. They did not commit to multiple years right off the bat. They waited and they sat and they watched. The media perception, the fan engagement, the fan numbers, and the racing that we saw on track. And then they made an, an, an informed decision to go back once again. It was worth it to them. So I did, do I think it's a one and done with Chicago? No. Two, I think after the second year, that's when the decisions will be made whether we go back or not. So if it doesn't work out, do we head, I would assume that we're going to head back to road America. So road America is definitely not out of the woods, but if it's a, if Chicago, if a bunch of people show up and the race is incredible, obviously they're going to stay there. But I think, you know, you might move a, a, another road course back to road America just based off of the fans. So that's my reasoning in my head. I don't know what's going on, but you know, at some point it'll make sense. Um, do you got to touch on the course length? It is a 2.2 uh, mile road course. Um, not the most exciting layout. It's essentially two rectangles with, uh, some, uh, you know, some, uh, different turns or whatever. Um, you know, I'm not super impressed. Uh, I've only been to Chicago once and that was in the airport yesterday. So I couldn't like, I couldn't tell you like the layout of these streets, but it looks, it looks historical. I mean, it'd be cool if they raced through uh, Wrigley Field, like through center field and made a lap around that and whatever. But it, uh, then again, I'm not in charge of the track layout, which is probably a good thing. But uh, July 1st, 2nd, 2023, Chicago Street Race. IMSA NASCAR doubleheader. Give it a chance. That's all I got to say. Give it a chance. If we see the Once we see the race next year, you can you can sit there and you can uh, you can hate on the 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 idea and the track all you want if it was a bad race but give it a chance change is not the worst thing in the world and you know at the end of the day you may end up liking it all right let's get to my race picks my or my race pick and my dark horse for this weekend but before that i want to give a shout out to our good friends at sports engine use sports for more fun when everyone makes it to the right place at the right time that's the magic of the free Sports Engine app. Now teams only need one app to share game and practice schedules, chat with teammates, RSVP to games, and more. Download Sports Engine on your phone app store today. Sports Engine, the official app of youth sports. It's completely free. That's my favorite word right there. We're living in a time of inflation, and this app is free. So if you've got kids and they're on a sports team, Go to your coach and get them to download Sports Engine because it'll, it'll, change, it'll change the game for sure. Makes everything way easier when everyone knows what's going on. Sports Engine, it's free. All right. Bread to Pocono this weekend. Do I know who's going to dominate? I don't because we've seen Joe Gibbs Racing dominate in the past and we've seen Hendrick dominate. I'm torn. I don't know who to go with except for this driver right here. Dark Horse, got to go with Michael McDowell. 
Uh, I just got a sneaking suspicion that he's going to pull off the upset win and place himself in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Is it this year? I don't know. Could be. Or I'm sorry, is it this week? Could be. I think it, it it's more likely going to happen at Daytona, but you know he's he's been sneaking around. Race winner, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Uh, it's it's Kyle Busch. Joe Gibbs Racing's you know finally coming into their true selves, so I, don't put it past him. Uh, Pocono this weekend, the M&M's Fan Appreciation something something 350. I don't. It's Fan Appreciation 350 one of the two. Uh, hopefully we'll just get in and get out of Pocono. Maybe get a, a, a solid finish. Maybe a new uh, race winner, but we'll see. We'll find out. I'm Henry Hobbs, Spinal Wall Podcast, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. No episode next week. 